For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what the heck works with social media. I am really stoked about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Shalene Johnson, and we're going to explore how she has creatively used Instagram to grow her business. If you've been thinking about Instagram, you've been hearing me talk about Instagram for a while, but you're really not getting anywhere with it, you definitely want to check out this interview. I've also got an awesome discovery that I'd like to share with you right now. After introducing a vegetarian diet to piranhas, look what Michael Stelzner discovered. Do you manage a Facebook page and is part of your strategy to share other people's good content on your Facebook page? The reason you might want to do that is because you don't want to obviously just share your own stuff all the time. You want to be a provider of incredible knowledge that people will want to keep following your page. And that's a big strategy for a lot of Facebook page managers. And, you know, whenever you post anything, you really want it to be shared far and wide. You want lots of comments, lots of interaction, lots of engagement. Well, you probably have noticed that when you put a link into your own site or into another site, you often have a default image that comes up or a little option to kind of shuttle between the images to decide how you want it to look. But there's also this really cool little black square called upload image. And I think a lot of people overlook the power of this because what this means is let's say you found a great article on someone else's site, but they don't have a really nice optimized image for Facebook. Well, why not just go and create your own in Canva or in PicMonkey and literally upload it directly uh, in the post? This will increase the chances that the post will get shared and get visibility in the newsfeed. If you visit Facebook, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash examiner, you can tell when we do this because we typically uh, put social media examiner, uh, our, our, our company URL, our name or our URL in the footer whenever we do this to share images. And that way, as the thing gets shared, people know that it came from us as the original source of the share. And, you know, what we typically do is we say this post is from blank and shared via socialmediaexaminer.com. And this just allows a little extra branding for the stuff that we're sharing that is not our own stuff. So definitely recommend you experiment with uploading your own images onto Facebook. And that is my tip of the week. AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show, Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, 
Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app, and happy listening. With that, let's transition over to today's expert interview. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Shalene Johnson. And if you don't know who Shalene is, she's author of the fitness book, Push. She's a motivational speaker. And her infomercials, which you may have seen on fitness, have sold literally millions of DVDs. She's also found huge success with Instagram. And she currently has more than 355,000 people following her at Instagram.com slash, I'm going to spell it out, C-H-A-L-E-N-E Johnson. And she now teaches other small businesses how to do the same with her Instagram impact course. She also has a brand new podcast called Build Your Tribe. Shalene, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor because I'm a huge fan. Well, I hope hopefully I got your name right. <laughs> you did. And if you I get it wrong, everyone, please, you know, just know that uh, you've heard it right at least two or three times. So let's talk about your social media journey. Um, I know sure. your, bush, your, your, your book called Push, <laughs> that's a tongue twister there, uh, came out in 2011. So were you doing social before 2011 or was this something you started doing as a result of promoting your book? I'm curious what the story is there. Yeah, I, I was doing social, but I, um, ironically, I had this great idea for a book that I wanted to um, pitch to the publishers and my agent at the time um, I told them, I, I don't want to do a fitness book. I want to do a book about goal setting and focus and kind of like how to get every area of your life on a diet really mm. organized. And, you know, he said to me, Shalene, you know, that's great. You've got this nice social media following, but you have no email list and you don't have the credibility or the following, I should say, um, to do that type of book. So here's what you're going to need to do before I'll take you to New York to to pitch your book. So we spent about a year really building um, a platform around the intention that that's what we would pitch in terms of um, the type of book. Okay. So let's back up to the beginning of when you got started with social media, just to give people a little bit of context. When did you start with social and what were you doing in the beginning? Gosh, I don't, I don't even know. Um, I think the first social I was doing was maybe Twitter or, or YouTube and, and just, you know, like everybody else having fun, not quite sure what to do in any particular platform, um, without a purpose, just kind of like trying to send content out there, hoping it would stick, but not knowing what I, where I was going with it. Do you remember how far, how long ago that was? We were talking like 2009. I mean, have you been at this for a while or no? Oh, yeah. I, I would say this probably 2006. Wow. Okay. Is when I did my first uh, YouTube video and started doing some tweets to 2007, 2008, um, somewhere in that vicinity. Now, when you decided to um, come out with a book called Push, were you on, were you um, at that point, had you built a pretty significant following? And if so, kind of where was your following? My primary following was I had videos with tons of views. Um, I just started a like page um, and, uh, you know, not that big of a following on Twitter. It just wasn't that big, but I, I knew I had tons and tons of fans who had bought my exercise DVDs. Um, but, you know, when you go and sit down in the offices of publishers in New York City, 
they they really don't care who who knows you. They want to know if you have the ability to reach them. And so that's why we, you know, at, and I was impatient and I was angry with my agent. I was like, no, I've got, everyone's going to want this book. People are going to talk about it. It's going to be unique. And he just said, you know, no, people aren't going to care and we're not going to be able to get you the kind of deal that I know you want, Shaleen, unless we can really show them that there's a plan in place and how you can reach these people. Now, this is a really good aside because it's true. I mean, I've published with Wiley and I've self-published before that. And I just know that you can't, you can't sell unless you have access to people and there's good ways to have access to people and there's more challenging ways to have access to people. So tell me a little bit about what did you build in preparation for the launch of your book push? Well, I, I created a 30-day challenge on Facebook um, sometime in December of, I believe, 2009 or 2010. I think 2009. And I created this just like, hey, everybody, let's, let me help you for the next 30 days get really organized. And I thought I would start by creating two or three quickie little videos on how I use my iPhone to organize my daily to-do list. And I created those first couple of videos. And my intention was that each day I would provide an update on Facebook with just a simple tip. Um, But we created an email opt-in for people to receive those first couple of of emails. And then all of a sudden I realized I need to create a video every single day. This is a great way for me to really connect with people and give them, you know, this side of me that's so different from fitness that's the reason why I've had success in fitness is why I've had success in business, which is teaching this goal setting by using my phone. And lo and behold, we had, um, it just spread like wildfire, like crazy. Everyone was like, this is great. And they were getting these quickie little two minute videos every day to their inbox, showing them how to get organized. Interesting. So what I hear you saying is that you used Facebook and you probably had some sort of an app installed that, um, allowed people to fill out a form on Facebook and probably become a fan at the same time, I'm guessing. And then in exchange for doing that, they were going to get some unique content from you. And you delivered that via email. So use that as a way to grow that email list that that publisher was looking for, right? Correct. Except I wasn't that sophisticated. It wasn't an app within Facebook. It was, and I didn't ask people to like my page. It was really accidental. I just thought I would do this challenge on Facebook. Um, I sent them to an actual opt-in page on my own website, took them right off of Facebook. I think at the time we were probably, it's hard to remember back now, but I think we were, you know, those kind of things were showing up a little bit more in our newsfeed. Um, and, and people just started sharing it with each other and saying, you know, I'm doing this challenge. And, and I did a lot of that, like, Hey, we're starting this January one, Everybody share it. Let's really make a difference in our New Year's resolution this year. And it was my intention to build my email list. I just never suspected it would be so popular. And it would really resonate with a kind of, um, you know, basically type of individual that I wanted to help. Awesome. So let's connect the dots between what you were doing there and how you ended up on Instagram. Well, so what happened there was I, um, I was able to build my email list to over a hundred thousand in, um, less than about nine months, which was the number that my agent wanted before we could go to our publishers. So then I went to the publishers and we were able to get the deal that we wanted and get in a little bidding war. And it was just really cool. Um, even though it required me being patient and putting together the plan and building the email list 
And uh, the book released, we, I became a New York Times bestseller um, in December of that year and December of 2011. And then suddenly I just wasn't getting any love on Facebook. And I was, you know, dragging my heels and not wanting to learn Facebook ads. And I kind of like picked up my toys and stomped off of the playground. Like, if you're not going to show myself, I'll go find love someplace else. <laughs> so that's how you got, that's how you got to Instagram? That's how I got to Instagram. And um, I know you have kids. I try to really keep my ear very close to what they're doing because I think they kind of set the stage for us in social media. Um, so in terms of watching trends in social media, I'm always looking at what my kids are doing. They're all over Instagram. And I saw that the um, businesses really weren't at that stage. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to be an early settler here. So when was this? this Just to give us some context, how long ago was this? Let's see. That would be um, the winter of 2012, maybe. So a year after your book came out, approximately. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you start doing when you got? So so let's okay. So just just to just to summarize a little bit here, you had some great success with Facebook. You built that nice huge list of 100,000 people. You got your book out. It was a huge hit. But then you started seeing declining. Uh, returns on Facebook, you saw your kids were kind of going nutso over Instagram and you said, huh, mm-hmm. maybe I should experiment. So uh, to give us kind of like your early day experience on Instagram. What were you doing and what was your experience? I was treating it uh, much like a lot of people do um, on Facebook, which is on your personal page, meaning I was like most people, I was doing some life casting, um, meaning sharing, you know, here's, here's where I am. Here's what it looks like behind the scenes. Mm. Um, this is, this is where I'm going today. And it just wasn't, I just realized like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I've got to think about this the way I'm using Instagram and I'm not following people to see what they're doing during their day. I'm following people where it's like, this was worth my time. I learned something. I, there was value. There was content. This is what I expected today. And this is why I followed you. And you know what it dawned on me is I started following one of my favorite fashion icons. And you want and- to mention who that is just in case people want to check it out? Um, it was, uh, well, Do you remember, <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't because I'm going to say something negative now. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That's cool. So let, let's just keep it generic then. Okay, so you, yes. you follow the favorite, uh, uh, your favorite fashion person and then favorite keep going. fashion icon, um, uh, a stylist. And I'm thinking I'm going to get great styling tips and I'm getting pictures of like their dog and mm. what they're eating for lunch. And I'm like, no, that's not why I love you. I want what I know you for, which is styling tips. Hmm. And I realized I'm doing the same thing. I need to, I need to give people what they're coming to see and provide an expected type of content and value and treat this more like Pinterest, more like a magazine. Okay. So were you, so it sounds like you were dabbling with it for a few weeks or a few months, and then you came to this revelation that you need to change. So what did you start experimenting with? Then I started creating, um, you know, looking at all the accounts that I was literally checking. Like I would log in to check to see um, for a recipe or a style tip or a fitness idea and realize that the, the sites or the Instagram accounts I was going to on a regular basis provided me with value and they had a branded look and feel. And it was just like, oh, this is so, this is so obvious. I know this. And really just started applying it and providing people with um, value and content every single day so that, um, they knew when they landed on my account, what they were going to get. And rather, and I know our, our lives are multifaceted, but 
you know, the people who are following me for fitness aren't necessarily interested in my fashion tips. Gotcha. So I created a separate account for, and I started creating separate accounts for kind of separate interests. And they were just all growing so much bigger than if I tried to include all of that in one account. Huh. Very interesting. So, so fast forward to today, what has Instagram done for your business? Everything. I love Instagram. I love that it's fast. I, I think it's, it's consistent with kind of, you know, the attention span that we have nowadays where we want things to be told to us in a visual story. Um, we, you know, we don't even have time for a two minute video. Now we want a 15 second video and tell me the story, deliver me some content. It better be good. You've got a moment of my time. And that's so easy to, um, number one, as someone who owns a business and has a family, I don't have to spend hours creating content. I can spend literally 15 seconds and produce content that drives people to an opt-in. Or if nothing else, it, it serves them in a way that they want to know more when I do have something to offer. So you said for your business, it's been everything. So, I mean, help me understand, like, uh, especially for someone listening right now who's not yet on Instagram and maybe is disillusioned by Facebook as you were a while ago, you know, uh, you don't have to share numbers or anything, but just kind of at a high level, how has it helped your business? Well, um, for me, it has exposed me to so many new markets. It's introduced me to um, such a uh, unique visitor. Um, it's exposed different areas of my business. It has allowed me to meet so many other incredible entrepreneurs. Um, and for me, you know, it was it was exciting to be able to use a form of social media where there was actually a clickable link, like to use the bio to send people to an opt-in and to, to use a call to action every single day. And it didn't affect my um, engagement. So for example, like today, for example, I posted a, um, a call to action that was for one of my free opt-ins on Facebook. And I also posted um, a recipe. Well, the recipe, I didn't put a link in there, but it's been viewed by over 400,000 people. Wow. And my, my, you know, say, my, me saying, here's a free gift I'd like to share with you, uh, my free 30-day challenge, that was seen. And I have 400,000 followers at the time of this recording um, over that on uh, Facebook. My call to action suggesting that people opt into my my uh, 30 day challenge was seen by about 20,000. Well, I shouldn't say seen. It was in the reach of 20,000. Um, whereas if I do a call to action on every single post on Instagram, it doesn't affect whether people like it or not. So at, okay, at so said another way, said another way. Let's let's let me let me help explain this a little bit for those who are listening. Sure. With Facebook. Um, I think what I hear you saying, and I know this to be the case, at least with Social Media Examiner, with Facebook, depending on what your post is will depend on peop if people see it. You know what I mean? So like if it's just a text update uh, or if it's an update with a link in it, you know, for whatever reason, Facebook seems to show less of those kinds of things. But what I hear you saying is Instagram doesn't seem to discriminate. It shows everybody everything. Is that kind of what I hear you saying? For the moment, that seems to be the case. Clearly on Facebook, you know, and as rightfully so, it's pay to play. So right. if I'm going to say, hey, everybody, why don't you leave Facebook to come on over here? Um, that's just not going to have the same reach. I'm not going to reach as many of my uh, fans and followers. 
Whereas on Instagram, at least at this point, and we we all know it's part of the same machine, right? Um, but at this stage, you can put a call to action in every single post and still get the same type of traction and engagement. Now, Instagram, as far as I know, does not actually provide any kind of metrics like Facebook, right? So I'm, I'm assuming that um, do you know exactly how many people are viewing each post or is the assumption that if those people that are following you are actually using Instagram, then they're going to see it if they're on there. It's kind of like Twitter, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a big old stream and, or, or maybe correct me cause I don't use Instagram a lot. Um, to my knowledge at this stage, anyways, Instagram doesn't make it known how to track that algorithm gotcha. or the, the type, but what I'm looking at is the number of views or number of likes, I should say, that I'm getting on each post, and then the number of comments gotcha. that I receive below. Gotcha. So one of the easiest way for people to grow an Instagram account, when I say call to action, I mean it can be something as simple as if you enjoyed this um, post, if this was useful to you or you know someone who would like it, tag them below. Uh, and you can have 500 people tag 500 people. And what and happens in Instagram who, when they do that? Does it automatically notify them or how does that work on Instagram? It depends on how they've set up their notifications. But yes, they will see it when they log in um, and they can see that some someone who is a friend of theirs has said, hey, you'll like this page. Just like Facebook, and, right? It's kind of one of those little notifications that they get. Yes. Awesome. Okay, so... Um, Let's. So what I hear you saying is Instagram has really been quite big for you. And um, one of the things that I know about Instagram is they don't really make it easy for you to um, leave Instagram. And um, you mentioned earlier that you put links inside of your bio. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Let's say today you're promoting X and tomorrow you're promoting Y. Is it a matter of changing the link that's in your bio? Because that's the only place you're allowed to have an external link that I'm aware of. Or is it a matter of telling them to do something that, that, that keeps them inside of Instagram as far as your calls to action? Yeah, no. Uh, my call to action when it's within Instagram, it is to grow that account gotcha. or to grow another account. Um, so if I'm like, for example, one of the other accounts I have besides my personal account is one called um, Instagram Impact. And when you go to that account, it's just tips on how to build your brand and your business on Instagram. So that call to action might be to suggest that people go and follow that account for additional tips. Gotcha. If I'm going to have a call to action that takes them outside of Instagram, yes, it has to be at this point as of the time of this recording. The only place you can do that is put the link in your bio. And I always recommend that people um, change that out as often as you need to and send people to a place where it, let them know where they're going. So in your bio, you should be describing what they'll find when they get to that link, like click on this link for my free 30 day challenge or click on this link for my free report on how to build your business on Instagram. Perfect. Let's talk about your strategy. Um, obviously, uh, pick, pick whichever account you want uh, and just kind of let's, let's at a high level, you know, how do you decide what to publish? I know you publish still shots or photographs, I should say, and you publish videos. So kind of lay out a little bit of what is your, your strategy that you kind of employ on a weekly or monthly basis to kind of help your account grow? Um, the first thing is to just take a look at what people are liking and then look at your own Instagram page, the way someone will when they decide if in fact they want to follow you. They don't just click on one video and 
uh, suddenly decide that they want to follow you, what they'll do is click on your name, which takes them back to your Instagram page. Then they're looking at your Instagram page or your Instagram feed from a thumbnail perspective, meaning they're seeing the first two rows of your last six posts. They're seeing your picture and your bio, and that's it. If that's not really visually appealing, you're not going to get a follow. If people look at it, we don't have time. So if people look at it and they see, oh, there's a picture of their dog and there's a picture of, um, you know, their backyard and there's a picture of their kid on a swing, I, you know, I'm sure that's great, but I don't have time to get to know a new person this way. So you want people to click on that thumbnail and they're seeing those first two rows and go, wow, I know what I'm getting and this is what I want. Okay, cool. So um, taking your, um, your main account, um, mm-hmm. the one that we mentioned earlier, um, which is your name, um, you do mix video and, and still f- shots. So talk to me a little bit about like, um, do you have any kind of strategy or is it just whatever comes to mind? I mean, how often yeah, do you post I, these things? I want to be, um, careful to mention like what I do and then what someone should do who's just, um, building their account on Instagram. So I always tell my own students, when you're first building your account on Instagram, assume that everyone who comes to your page is a complete stranger. So what might seem really interesting to people who are already your fans and already know you, is that going to be interesting and of value to someone who doesn't know you? So some of the things I have kind of the liberty to post now, I didn't post initially. Initially, it was all straight content. You weren't getting as much of a, like a little taste of who I am and what I'm about. I think that's important, but it's just like on um, other forms of social media, like Pinterest, where people aren't as interested in in the behind the scenes. They're just there to get great ideas initially. So initially, I before there was video, I just posted exercise sequences with a description below it of exactly how to do it. Uh, for Ooh, my, that's um, key. Let's let's pause there for a second. So these exercise sequences were, are videos, and what is it? Fifteen seconds max. Is that is that the duration? Before there, even before there was video, I just posted photos. I would do a split screen or a photo collage. I would do a photo on the top, a photo on the bottom, and describe how to perform the exercise, and then a call to action. If you know someone who's working on their abs, um, tag them so they know about this account. Thank you so much. And then once video came out, it was, you know, interesting to test that concept. And um, it's videos interesting. It's it's really cool. I think it's a great way to connect. But it's just like the photos in that it's got to be great sound, great quality, great image, great lighting, or people won't watch the video. Now, you mentioned that you put some text underneath it. Uh, is there any... I've looked at a couple of, and you tend to put quite a bit of text. I mean, I don't know. Is there a limit? Is this kind of one of the little secret things that a lot of people don't realize is that you can put more than just a little sentence in here. You can put paragraphs of text inside of these updates. There is a limit. I don't know it off the top of my head. Well, I'll get that to you, but um, you'll get a little notification that your post is too long. I I rarely have it happen. I, I, include a lot of information, a lot of detail. And then at the, even after I include all that detail, I usually will also include a call to action, knowing that the average person is going to watch the video, a smaller percentage is going to read it, and an even smaller percentage gets all the way to the bottom and follows that call to action to click on the link in my bio. And that's a key thing to 
for any marketer listening right now is that the most people, uh, I would imagine, especially on Instagram, see a lot of things coming through their feed and they're going to decide, like you said, based on the thumbnail, you know, like I'm looking right now at twisted core and carpet workout and there are pictures mm-hmm. of you doing workouts that look like in your home or on the beach. And um, they may be compelled to watch that, right? Just out of pure curiosity and then they might actually get into it and then they might just say oh that was interesting move on with their life but if you don't tell them to either subscribe or or do something then they're not and they never will and uh it's funny a lot of people don't think about that but um you know if you give them an option they'll likely take it or at least some of them will and that's kind of the key to growing um have you found that uh video outperforms still pictures or i'm just curious what your thoughts are on that you know, to be honest, um, in terms of likes, it is still the case that photos tend to get more likes. I do believe, however, it is, and this is just my personal opinion, I don't have the statistics to back it, but that my my account and my students' accounts who use great video content, the accounts grow so much faster than if you're just using still photos. However, photos still tend to get more likes, and my thinking behind that is just based on my own behavior, which is if I tap on a, an image to make the video play, I watch the video play, I liked it, but I don't double tap it again to give it a like. Mm, gotcha. So I think it it's more, it's more effort. Like yeah. Human behavior. Yeah, it's human behavior. But I, I do, my personal opinion is that video is a great way to serve content, but don't be discouraged by having fewer likes because you yourself have probably, wa- you tapped the image to watch the video and then it would require you to double tap it again to give it a like when you're done. And most of us just don't take that extra step. Now you've got, like we, like we mentioned, you're mature in your, in your strategy here. And every once in a while, there's a picture of you and your husband or, you know, you're showing, um, more about you, your family and your faith. How, how has that helped you resonate with your audience and what kind of feedback might you give to others who, Maybe you want to go beyond just providing useful content, but share a little bit about the person behind the content. What's your thoughts? My personal opinion is that initially when you're building the account, build it for the eyes of a stranger who, um, if you provide them enough value, then they want to know a little bit more about who you are. Um, I can share with you that when I do a post about my faith or um, my family or my beliefs, I do tend to lose followers and I, I'm, I'm okay with that because I, you know, I'm going to connect better with someone who likes that part of me. That's the customer I want to serve. So I would rather those who are, you know, offended or don't relate to that. I would rather they get out of my feed anyways, because if we don't have that in common, that's cool. Then you'll find somebody else you have that in common with. Um, but I, you know, I, I do that intentionally because I am trying to attract people who I want to serve because we have so much in common. Well, and there is a lot of psychology that you may or may not be aware of that comes into play when you share little tidbits about yourself, because it, what it does is it shows that you're not just quote unquote, a, you know, Instagram celebrity, but you're a real human being. And people tend to know, like, and trust those that they can relate to more than those that, that seem to be up on a pedestal. And when Absolutely. you show you surrounded with your kids and they're making funny faces and stuff, people can say, wow, okay, she's just like me. And that kind of stuff actually goes a long way in becoming someone that not just is providing valuable content, but someone who is liked and trusted because they're sharing 
um, personal stuff. So there is actually a lot more benefit than may meet to eye for a lot of people that are listening right now. Um, what other, I, I agree. I yeah. really agree. And I, I also think it's, um, you know, unfortunately some people that's all that they're sharing is, you know, kind of who you are and we're not getting enough content. I think that needs to come into play I agree. once people have said, okay, you know, I'm, I, I see the value here. I want to know who this is. And you know, for this podcast, I really don't share enough about who I am and I probably should. And those few times that I did, <laughs> The response I've gotten from people has been crazy. So there is something to that for sure. But I I like to think it has to fit with your personality. It has to fit with how private you like to be, you know, and all that fun stuff. Um, What other Instagram tips, if you had like one or two tips that you would share with someone who's dabbling with Instagram that we maybe haven't mentioned yet, or you want to reiterate a couple things, what might be a few tips that you would share with someone who wants to try to improve maybe with Instagram? Yeah, my my first tip would be to look at your page and think about what it is you can plan out for the week so that you're not a slave to waking up each day and going, oh, I need to think of something to post. But instead, you just do a little bit of planning the same way you would anything that's important and say, all right, every day this week at 7 a.m., I'm going to post a tip on um you know, uh, child rearing or uh, every day this week at 5 p.m. so that people expect there to be a certain type of consistency. They know what type of content you're going to produce and you take off some of that pressure that we place on ourselves to be like creative and new and exciting every single day and really just provide people with a branded look and feel and expected type of content. How often are you posting on your account, if you don't mind me asking? Um, during my process of intentionally building the account and studying it, I posted twice a day, once at 7 a.m. and uh, once at 7 p.m. And I did that based on looking at when my followers were liking my stuff. Um, and at the time, I was using a program called Statogram, which has recently been purchased by, I think it's Aconisquare. I'll have to double check on the name of um, the company that just purchased them. But it's a really great free resource. Hopefully we can um, get the, the name right for your listeners. Yeah, it's, you it's, a, it's, a, it's Icono. Icono Square? Yeah, I-C-O-N-O Square.com, Icono Square. It's awesome. So you can plug in your uh, address on Instagram and it will show you um, – when you're gaining followers, when you're losing followers, what time frame your followers are online in comparison to when you're posting. And just by making those very subtle shifts to post at a time when your followers are online and liking your stuff can have a huge effect on the growth of your account. Because as you know, you know, we log in on our social media sites, we scroll through a couple of minutes worth of posts and then we're done. So if you weren't on when your followers were looking for your post, it might not be seen. So use those resources to to know really what's going on. And it takes out so much of the guesswork. Awesome. Well, um, that brings us to the end of the interview, believe it or not. And a lot of people are probably like, what? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Where can people discover more about you and, and some of the Instagram stuff you're doing? Um, well, I'm, I'm happy to share with people a, a free report that we've created that gives you some of these tips and more. Some of the things that especially if you're building your brand and you've got something that works in a visual medium, because as I like to teach my students, not every social media platform is going to work for every type of business. But if you've got 
things that work from a visual standpoint, even infographics and tips. Um, Instagram is a great place because it's free at the moment and we love free. Um, but they can find out more by downloading my free report, which we offer at instagramyourbrand.com. And then, of course, um, just free tips every single day on Instagram by following my uh, what I call a feature account where I'm just featuring tips. And that's uh, on Instagram or Instagram.com forward slash Instagram impact. Awesome. Shalene Johnson, on behalf of many, many thousands of people that are motivated now to go do better with Instagram. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. It has been my pleasure, my honor. Thank you. Well, I hope you gained a lot of interesting knowledge and insight from that interview, and I hope you take your Instagram marketing to an entirely new level. If there's anything we mentioned in today's episode and you missed it, don't worry, we take all the notes for you. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 105, 105, number 105, and there you can leave comments, check out the show notes. And by the way, if you're a new listener to the show and you've not yet subscribed, please hit that subscribe button on your podcast player of choice so you don't ever miss a future episode. And also, if you're a regular listener to the show and you've not yet done so, socialmediaexaminer.com slash love, you can do that right now from your mobile phone, will automatically put a tweet into Twitter that says you recommend the show. And of course, you can edit it. I'd love it if you help me get the word out at socialmediaexaminer.com slash love. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back in the driver's seat with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.